Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co's here, Ryan. I see you trying to write and speak his name backwards again. Don't you don't you speak the name of Gygax again in this house? Uh, I'm sorry, it just keeps flooding back into my brain. Like it, it's I gotta stop myself. It's weird. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why yeah, why that do. is. Uh and of course we, I have Scott. It's been written into our minds. The back of our skulls has been etched with the arcane sigils that are his being. <laughs> are his being. We are his vessels upon this world. Don't oh. try and fight it, Ryan. It's you happening. Know, search uh-huh. your feelings. I you know it to be true. I'm just going to go along with it until I'm, I leave. <laughs> Is that fine? Is that fine? <laughs> I'll go. Do, do, do. Yeah. Cool. Great. great. Yeah, I'm, not leave. The I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Bye, guys. I'm going to go get a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the great Lord Zagig is very... <laughs> Zagig. Well, hello, everyone. Hopefully you indulged us a little bit from the last episode. We're not... We're really not... We're not doing that again for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it, was, it was us trying to be comedic and improvisational and... We, we succeeded slightly more than we failed, I think. It was all right. It was all good. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, yes. But we wanted to do something fun than just doing an actual clip show because... Have That's no fears, fun. we've got stories for years, like Matt buys a gun somehow, <laughs> and then shoots Ryan for over a day. Blam, blam, blam. Oh, well. I Cut did. that. Oh, uh, uh, it's funny, speaking of sound effects, over the, uh, I, I was editing Aeon over the weekend, and I did put the Wilhelm scream in. Yeah. Uh, we're at that part. Uh, but anyways, uh, how is everyone doing in their game? I'm sure me and Ryan are going to talk a lot about gaming we've just I don't know, know what you're talking about. I, I don't didn't know. play any Dungeons and Dragons. But uh that's weird. But for me, I've done some more play by email, um Black Crusade sort of stuff. And I've done um some play by I'm done actually in a Wrath and Glory game so I can explore explore that. I literally almost killed one of my own characters. Like my one character tried to kill my other character because we have three PCs. Interesting. Uh we're all playing um, what they're called progena, which are basically orf- little orf- imperial orphan children. They're mm-hmm. all like nine to ten. Um, we had to make three of them because not all of them were gonna make it. It's just you know? Spartan shit. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my big, big, big stupid character threw a uh, di- uh, medicine ball at the other one, and well, he almost just completely died, just straight up dead. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And yep. you know, and that just goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, never exercise. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the it's the devil's way. You'll it's, die. <laughs> it's the you, devil's way. A medicine ball will crush you. <laughs> um, I've been doing a whole shit ton of gaming. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, ran vampire for uh, for my stream. Yay! Uh, it went it went really well, except for the technical glitch at the beginning that was my fault entirely, and I'm still like kicking myself for. But you'll probably never make that mistake I'll again. I'll never make that mistake yeah, again. Exactly. Uh, I made an, I made an assumption about what something in the 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 Streamlabs was doing, and it wasn't doing what that thing was. Uh, I ran a hell of an Aeon game. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We had a super blast uh, because we just came off the hiatus of sort of like the holiday times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've got an Aeon, and shit has started to get. Oh real. yeah. Well, right. it, I, I'll say that. He said something as he closed the game <laughs> out that made me understand what we what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not Inglorious Bastards now; it's X, and mm-hmm. it's X. I'm like, oh, oh. shit! 
The, well, well, we'll see how this goes. Dibs we'll... on not Kiku Joe. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, and then I ran one hell of an Amber game. That was okay, guys. You guys got to be listening to this Amber game because I promise you, in, a, in about a handful of episodes. Not really a handful of episodes. There's, there's so many episodes. Okay, I, I chunk those things up pretty, pretty, pretty because they're like twenty minutes, and we actually 20, go 30 for minutes, like three yeah. hours. So, in the future, when you will understand when the moment happens, and then shit has gotten started really hitting the fan, and and you don't know what's going to be happening. Well, in both games, I've decided to pick up the pace a little mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and put the fire on. Yeah, I, um, just because. Both of those games are short run, are short run campaigns, mm-hmm. um, and Amber's probably going to go a lot a good chunk longer than Aeon has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Aeon, Amber for Aeon, yeah, no, the fires are fires are burning now. Well, it's an it's an it's an action it's an mm-hmm. action genre. It's game an, it's, it's an action movie, and we're getting into the third act. Yeah, good. Um, um, yeah, gaming wise, I've done that. You've done that. Um, what about you there, big man? Well, you've been there for most of it. All right, so let's. I mean, let's, I've been playing. Ne- it. I've been playing Never After for seven years. That's not. There's nothing it, new. It, that's nothing new. But yeah, we finished Dragon Heist yep, last, last night. Last night, actually, of it the was, recording, we got the good. We got the good boy ending. We got all the good boy points. Oh boy, the good uh, boy points. Yeah, we kind of turned. Well, okay, it was good boy by way of being terribly pragmatic. Like, oh. no, because we're 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 good people, it, and like this is the right thing to do. We're like. We can't possibly launder five hundred thousand gold coins, aka they call them dragons. So let us appeal to authority, because <laughs> for some reason in this in this setting, appealing to authority if you're not a piece of shit is actually the right answer, because the authorities, genuinely the highest of authorities, actually are good people, because you can see their alignment in the book. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. They, the open lord of Waterdeep is a good person yeah. because, well, I don't know how many Forgotten Realms novels you've read, <laughs> but I just know that Lyral Silverhand ain't a bad person. She's been around long enough that you kind of get the beat of you. You know the legends and the stories of how good she actually yeah, is. Yeah, you don't you don't become like one of the chosen of Mistra and be like, and if you're and a complete a yeah, she doesn't pick fuckwads. But anyway, I'm sure we'll get into the the glory of your campaign in patron content. No, no, we you do it now. No. All right, I gotta go take a shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, all right, calm it down, Snowflake. <laughs> oh, it's what uh, it's about. But before to do. we get to that, uh, we got some news. Yep, a little bit of news, um, not not too much because well, it's only two weeks ago. So as of this recording, it's currently the last day of Pack South, uh, which they announced their secret project that they have finally Penny Arc. These are the Penny Arcade guys that they have been teasing for. Pretty much a year now, mm. uh, which is the actual like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like the ampersand and layout and everything, Acquisitions Incorporated uh, employee manual. Um, <laughs> which is their, how would you like to play this type yeah, of game? How, how would you like to play an acting style game? And, and uh, an audience, um, I have already stated to Scott, he has said, I'm picking that book up. And I'm like, oh, that you're means you're running it, right? You're going to run, run yeah. some Dungeons and Dragons, I mean, Scott? Yeah, I'm going to run it. I'm going to run a game against Dungeons and Dragons. It's probably not going to be a very long one, but it's going to be very silly. I know that there's an adventure in that book, so probably about 90% it's going to be that adventure. Well, that'd be, you know, that'd be awesome. That's okay. That is perfectly 100%. Uh, and it'll be weird, and I'm like, you know, use whatever the fuck you want. Like, you're going to be a weird weirdo. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, oh, yeah, weirdos. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Speaking of weirdos. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I think... Uh, 
the game beneath the sea has fully funded. Yeah, it's been funded for a while, but uh, uh, as of this recording, it's got three days before the, kick, the Kickstarter ends. What's yep. that? What? Well, they came beneath from the sea is the Onyx Path new. It's the it's one of their other story path games, uh, which is basically like fifties style sci fi B movies, like big monster attacks. Loving it. Like housewives have to fight against giant ants and crap like that. Um, and yeah, and you just linked me to the thing I thought that was just really funny because it deals with our Wild West game is somebody on the, uh, um, Storyteller Vault Vault did, um, Vampire the Wild West, which is basically their version of how do you do vampire in the Wild West? Just like there's a werewolf, the Wild West. Would you like to be, uh, um, an undead cowboy, like a vampire cowboy? I'm an undead cowboy. cowboy. (laughs) Not, not my genre, but I could see where that would be fun. Uh, I did that. I did that. It was super fun. Um. Yeah, and that's most of the RPG news. There's not anything super like monumentous because we just they just wrapped up uh, Midwinter, which is yep. they've already released a lot of the stuff and said we lit, did it on the last episode of new stuff that they're coming. All that the Scion all. stuff and yeah, Scion both Scion stuff. <laughs> um, we Dragon really, and the Cthulhu stuff. Yeah, Dragon Cthulhu stuff. We're really hoping probably in February or no later than March. We'll get the official aberrant Kickstarter, which mm, me and Scott are. Give it to Daddy. We're we're completely ready. Our bodies are ready mm-hmm. uh, for that stuff because it's going to be off the chain. We've already come up with some interesting other concepts for an idea for a game to run in that. Oh setting. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. Um, but yeah, no. So I think that's it. Uh, Ryan, I believe you had something to mention. Oh, I got nothing. Really? Really? Not nothing. the thing you say every game. Oh yeah, whoever's Kickstarter got funded. Hey man, congratulations. <laughs> Someone somewhere got their Kickstarter funded. Yay! Yay! I was, feel very special. One would say very unique. I hope I hope people buy your book, and and play the game that you made. You spent a lot of time on. Yay! Yes, but anyway, I'm, our topic for I'm today serious is uh is about snowflakes and special special people special and, concepts and all these liberal beta cuck libtard <laughs> soy, bo- soy, soy boys. <laughs> Oh, I can't keep a straight face while doing that. I know. So yeah. stupid. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can't. I, you can blame me. I came up with the idea and then I realized, oh, this is so, actually okay. very funny and very topical. Yeah. For, I mean, I'm sure most people understand this, but when we have a special concept, like if that's outside the normal source material, I mean, yeah, it can be official, whatever. But if there's weird special rules that are super off books you, or feel like they are, snowflake. So, yeah, that's what we mean by special, because when we were starting up in gaming, we always heard, we never, Snowflake was never used in the connotation that it's used now. I always heard it as, yo, you're a special Snowflake, which means you are an ultra unique individual. You are the half vampire in a in a vampire yeah, game. Yeah, basically in, in like D&D 3 and 3.5, it's like, oh, you're something with a level adjustment, yeah. or you're something with hit dice. Oh, you're not even living with a, with a little bit of level adjustment, like... A drow. You are a Chrythrine. Yeah, like, you're. Yeah, you're something real weird. Like, oh, you're you're a level one version of you as a level four character. Yeah, for reasons. Yeah, I'm playing a bar, I guess. Like, yeah. wh- why? Why? It, it, How? It, yeah, or like what me and Scott have always known is like, oh, I'm playing the last pure white howler from the Werewolf the Apocalypse. Like, uh, the hell you are. Um, and the reason we're bringing this up is because we want to talk about the concept of when you start in role playing, a lot of the time you want to pick the unique concepts, the unique characters, because a lot of the time in movies and in 
television shows and books, the main character is the most unique person. He's, he's got the daywalker. Yeah, the daywalker. He's the guy or Dan person. Beer. He is the person who has a unique situation that makes them special, and you discover that speciality as things go on. And that happens to a lot of young or new role players. They're like, oh, I'll just do that. And they do it for a really long time until hopefully they mature into the realization that's not actually what makes a character interesting. That's actually not what makes good for good role playing because that is sort of used as sort of a creative crutch um, by some people um, to sort of get them along and create an interesting story. Now, it's still perfectly valid as far as like, do you have an interesting story with that concept? But nine times out of ten, it's not that interesting. You're yeah. basic. You're basic. You're basic. And you know, it, it's it's probably you'll probably end up having a overall better experience if you just sort of play something. I'm not gonna say like f- straight from the book, but like in in the wheelhouse. Well, it, it it really comes down to what game are you playing? What is the genre of the game you're playing? And then finding a concept that fits within that motif. Well, okay, like part of early on snowflakery comes from just like and maybe not understand like not quite getting the project as to what role playing actually looks like. So, for example, elves are in D and I'm going to keep going back to D and D because it's easy one. It, it, it's it, it that's it's, perfectly acceptable. Elves are a certain way. Mm-hmm. We know elves are a certain way. We've we've been watching media with them forever. Some people th- would probably think that that's the way you would you have to be weird and ethereal and stuff to properly quote unquote play an elf within like the type. Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna play you know against type. It's like well okay that just means you don't want to like take on any like you you want the stats you don't really want to go with any of the stuff that it means to like be the thing now don't get me wrong i played quill which was you know a fucking he was a savage like yeah he was, he was a he was a half elf savage he was a barbarian he was a he was a yeah half wood elf just a barbarian in the truest sense but i don't know i tried to <laughs> yeah he was a snowflake never mind never well, mind. <laughs> he was i don't actually don't think of him as like he was a unique character in that i'm going to be this thing i i ryan Josberg, understand what the 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 stereotype or the typical is, and I'm going to go slightly left or right. With he was sure was naturey, right? Like, yeah, you I kept the naturey stuff. Yeah, I you just... were doing naturey stuff. You had a cool, you had an interesting backstory. Insane you were an interesting grooming. Character. Like it's, but it's like you like. Uh, let me. I'm trying to think. Of like, of. oh, you want to play a vamp? Let's say you're playing Dina. You like you want to play a vampire? Like that's cool. A, it's a very powerful archetype. So that's a that's a balance issue. Mm. But it's also like. Why are you a part of this group? What what makes you interesting? What why are you a vampire to begin with, or are you just want to be a cool emo kid in the corner, um, turning to mist? We've got a game for that. Yeah, called vampire. <laughs> it's called vampire. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, people won't even be upset at you about it. Well, okay, they might be, but likely be. It, in Dungeons and Dragons, man. Yeah, uh, it, because that's not even extreme. Because I like that idea. I've had that concept of like I'm a I'm a barbarian elf because those 
likely fucking exists. Oh, yeah, totally. But, like, oh, even Arcane, like, an elf who's a wizard. Okay, you're probably a high elf because that's part of sort of this motif. Nah, dog, wood elf, all the way for life. <laughs> for life. Their uh, racial nature fe- for life. Their racial feats are the fucking best, that's why. <laughs> uh, like, my character in the D&D game from Dragon Heist, he's Osric uh, Silverstone. I was like, I want to play a dwarf. I was like, that's cool. Literally a shystiness elemental. Yeah, like, like, you can't not be shysty. It's like, well, what's something you don't see very often from a, from a, a dwarf? Um, did I say elf earlier? Or did uh, I say dwarf? Yeah, okay. What is something you don't see very often with a dwarf? And I was like, well, they're typically fighters. Or maybe a wizard, maybe a, highly likely a cleric. And I was like, what about a rogue? You don't see dwarven rogues very often. Actually, honestly, seeing anything outside of fighter or cleric in terms of, or druid, because I've been trained by the Drist books, <laughs> uh, uh, to, to think that that's normal. Uh, but, you know, beyond those three, you don't usually see, like, a dwarven warlock. That would be... That's, never seen, that's interesting. He never found s- something deep down there. He, he went Ooh, deep, yeah, yeah, he went right. deep mm-hmm. right? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, when he met the Balrog, he was like, "Hey, can hey, I get a job?" And you notice that we're 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 sort of we're sort of uh, workshopping concepts right now because we're trying to create how to make a character unique without making them so special that they sort of break the break the the the. Actually, it's more like the suspension of disbelief of the game. Like you're breaking the nature of the game itself. It's like okay, we're playing Vampire the Masquerade, role playing vampires. Can I play a ghoul? Okay, it's like that's not. Unheard of. We could, you can play. You can do that. Can I? Can I play? You know, uh, a werewolf. Can I play a werewolf with a whole bunch of vampires. Like no, no. Um, do you? You know, this game's really political, involving the underworld of the vampires. It's like, no, nah, I'm gonna be a funny, fuzzy chainsaw of death. That's your first warning right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> warning no, the, one. Yeah, their their rules are a lot more powerful. They're just they're able to kill people really easily. And, and sort of the concept that we've talked about, like power gaming before, like yeah. just just indulging the power gamer. This kind of sort of like overlaps in that in that graph, as it were, um, because these people tend to be the same. And we're saying, what if you're wanting to be unique? Think of something normal and then tweak it slightly. Like think of something that you that you've never really seen that often. Uh, all the media that has like these special snowflake characters, like Blade or fucking Alucard, or yeah. all this other shit, like they aren't a part of a party necessarily. Mm. They are, they are, you know, the one man against the darkness. <laughs> They're the wolf guy. pack of one. <laughs> They're the wolf pack of one kind of guys. Um, Aru. Aru. Um, but you know, I, I mean, like. They're the main. They're the main characters of their story. They're the that, main characters well, of their story, and that's kind of the ideological problem of it, right? Being like trying, pushing too hard down the snowflake spectrum, is like kind of trying to put the spotlight on yourself all the time. Like yeah. that's that's just part of the problem. It's like if you're the most specialist special thing that was ever a special, it kind of like. First of all, it's really just weird. If it's weird that you're just there, that's mm-hmm. a big problem because that was a big problem in like my early Dungeons and Dragons days. Yep. People like, I want to play this thing. I'm like, it would be very unusual for you just to be there, like, like to fucking exist. No one would take it normally. You're not allowed in town. Yeah. How do I put? How do I put this kindly? Anytime we have to do something. You have to wait outside town because no one's going to give you a special pass because you're walking around with a bunch of murder hobos. It's, a, it's like, I'm a, a pure blood Yanti, half celestial, half dragon. It can happen. You can make that. 
it's it, stupid. It, it's <laughs> stupid because well, it's like I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's what Ryan said is your 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 specialness is probably going to drive a lot of the action and cause a lot of pro- cause a lo- cause not necessarily a lot of problems, but things are going to happen around you. It's yeah. going to be about you. It's going it, to be about you, and, and it's very very hard to draw the focus off of the 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 weirdest thing in the room. You know, for just like I don't know. Maybe the dwarven fighter wants to have a have a you know a contemplative moment about his family. I don't fucking yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but that's okay. If, but if the fucking snake hunters are coming for your ass, you know, six yeah, ways. And, and it also like it, it comes out, especially if you're playing in let's let's use D and D example, me, medieval esque. Yeah. Like medieval White. Renaissance esque. White times. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like wow, you're a really weird thing that, uh, and we're in a hobunk town off the side. It's like. They don't see anything remotely close to what you like. They probably think you're a straight-up monster that needs to be driven out of town with, uh, with exactly. uh, pitchforks and, and porches. All right? Uh, so one of the one of the problems where... Did you have some, Scott? No, I'm just sitting here thinking about the con- like the the ramifications of like the two the two lines of of conversation that were just going on. Yeah, but oh, it's the white times, and you're something different and strange. That we <laughs> run around. I'm all like. There are players out there who are thinking the same thing that I'm. There, there are listeners out there who are thinking the same things that I am. I'm here for you, listeners. Yes, it was weird. I'm sorry. It's okay. Edit that part out. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Edit no, that to no. make it sound not weird. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's well, we're dealing with we're, we're talking about prejudice, and uh, uh, that that can happen in a game. I actually only I actually only did that because on a more. Uh, I, it, on Yo Is This Racist, they were talking actually about Dungeons and Dragons. Really? And uh, they, uh, well, it's like considered some white shit, <laughs> is what they call it. Like, you know, not necessarily what the host and all that called it, but they kind of jokingly called it that, mostly due to startup cost and just like accessibility. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly centered in Euro, like yeah, most it's Euro, Euro fantasy. Most of what's, you know, uh, commonly available is Euro fantasy. So you. I would never expect a podcast host to know that's like, well, actually, the current <laughs> game studios are using a very large and diverse group of people to write their content. It's like, they don't know that shit. They just know that D&D is the thing, you know? <laughs> well, I, I, this is kind of a sidebar to the conversation, but we're in it now, so let's keep going. Uh, I, I do, yes, there are many companies that are really trying to be more inclusive, but it's still, it's taking time because... It's those people have. You got to include your Yon T writers. You got to include your Baragist writers. uh, Your Infernal writers. I mean that—that's what happened uh, with Scion. Yeah, it is. There's something of a tangent, but I remember uh, our friend Tevin talking about how, um, you know, he's a he's an African American, uh, and he's like, I don't give a shit about Africa. Like anytime that there's anything regarding black people in any of these games, it's some sort of African yeah. pastiche, and it's like I don't want to be from Africa or fantasy Africa. You I want just want to be a black guy in the fantasy in, world. in the normal world, and that be normal. Yeah, it's like that. It, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. you're right. It shouldn't have to be like some weird. They, they like they they really gussied up the African mythos and made it a whole place for you to be from. It's like that, and, and, that guy can just be from around here. You know, what the interesting thing is that's what kind of happened with Scion because they we worked really hard because we talked to my I talked to Michael about this is like they tried to get writers from all over the world that know these cultures and these myths intimately, like very intimately, so they can represent them accurately. But you, 
like a role playing game, you got to spice it up a little bit, which means you have the entire African. I forgot what they're actually called. I apologize, but the actual like African or, or, she, or Shiras or or something like that. Yeah, yeah. they're the. Oh, it's it, it's it's oh something. Yeah, um, the actual African pantheon, and then like the Mesoamerica pantheon, and like dealing with uh, oh, and then the Chinese and Japanese pantheons. You're right. The historical fantasy has always been Western. Pretty white. It's pretty white, but I mean, Gerald Tolkien, man. Mm-hmm. I just watched the uh, the clip of uh, American Gods with Ananasi on the slave ship. Ship. Oh, oh Jesus! Oh, that's, oh, God. that's the scene. Uh, we'll save that for Patreon content because we're getting a little off topic. So, so what I was on. I was gonna uh, scream back to it. <laughs> so, um, By Night Studios has you know the Vampire the Masquerade uh, Salon game, and they have a very it's a very good rule set for a system that uses one of the worst resolution mechanics that's ever been, existed, other than just slapping each other. <laughs> <laughs> But it's the best one we got because that's it's really not. There's <laughs> literally a million better ways you could do a resolution mechanic in Salon LARP. I've seen it. Chops are garbage. Uh, anyway, as part of the Binite Studios rule books, uh, there are you can as part of your background literally buy tiers of snowflakeness. Yes, oh, yeah, it, as true. as merits. They they baked it into the system, which it's expensive. Hat, hat off to you, good sir. Because they actually are like, yes, you want to play the very unique. I got to play my favorite thing, so I guess the two points was worth it. <laughs> yeah, well, and 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 the end. What I liked about it is the value change based on the sort of motif and the venue that you're in, which is extremely smart. So anyone who's listening who may be writing something, think about that because your players will want to play something unique, and sometimes that does does lean to getting unique mechanics. Because this is another sort of end of the whole snowflakeness is. Generally, when somebody wants to play a snowflake, they're going to have unique like rules attached to them. And so you have to take into consideration if you're designing and or if you're running a game with those types of people in your game. So consider that because... So, so uh, in the House of the Blooded book, there's a section where they where John Wick talks about this, this kind of stuff. Uh, and he talks about how, you know, his friend, he was playtesting House of the Blooded and his friend like, I want to play someone from Atlantis. Like I just I wanna I don't want to be from from the then world I want to be from I want to be special I want to be from Atlantis like okay you can be from Atlantis you have to communicate by making fish noises <laughs> like you 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 can you know you can like, be you can do that thing you're a fish person but I'm not facilitating some universal communication bullshit I'm also, not in in Blood and Honor uh, he has a, he's talking about playing a Ronin. Uh, which is which are the Ronin again? Uh, the Ronin are the masterless samurai. The, yeah, the Lord. Lizard. Which yeah. that game is all about playing a samurai who has a master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is a part of a house. You're doing so, like, the thing. You're a fucking homeless person. Like you are a homeless person with a sword. That is what Ronin pretty much were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, yeah, no. Here's how you do it. You just pl- you just take ninety percent of the cool shit in this book, and you just don't have it. Yep. And. Welcome to that unique experience. Uh, um, well, that's kind of the problem, right? It's it's just you're kind of cutting out. First of all, again, it always comes back to table dynamics. Mm-hmm. You're probably making it harder on your on on your party members to make it make sense that you're just around. Mm-hmm. Think of certain like there's plenty of mixed party situations we can think of. I mean, anytime the white exactly we talked about this. Anytime the white wolf clan like clans and groups meet mix up, no good. That's yeah. weird. No pro- it's it's like, a problem. It's like it's like you want to play the Stargazer, and they're like, and everyone gives him the side eye, like, okay, how? 
there's like a hundred of you left. And are you doing it just because we know that they get willpower five and you're in a rune, which means you have rage five and oh, you happen to be a lupus as well. That's unique and special. So you have gnosis five. You're not doing just for that, are you? And to and to yes. role play a kung fu a, were, a kung fu werewolf. That that it's, it's that. Oh, that's why you're playing. I really want to. I really want to. You know, really get my nose in that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting because uh, one of the things that they were talking about uh, at Midwinter Onyx Path is something that's coming up. It's called the Contagion Chronicle, uh, which is an Onyx Path Chronicles of Darkness uh, uh, campaign book. Uh, that is specifically designed to mix parties. Oh, cool! Excellent. So like you Excellent. are. You, here's how. It, like, like here's how you do it. We encourage you to to have multiple different character types. And it's like, yeah, there's a there can be a special scenario where all these things come together. Yeah, and if they, you want to play and, the Buffy game, like, yeah, exactly. uh, there's no. Here's a good example of like sort of snowflakes and uniqueness coming to 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 let's take the reverse, enhancing the story. Or if you want. Like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. If you wanted yeah. to run the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen game and everyone's just a weird different kind of monster thing. Yeah, we came up with this with for um for uh uh Aeon. Yeah, the like, outcasts. Yeah, like the, the, uh, the the outcast sort of X-Men on the run is everyone in the group is a unique type, which we have a talent, you have a you have a Syad, a, a you have kinetic, you have quantokinetic, you have a superior uh-huh. running around, which we'll eventually get the rules for those. Uh, and you have, and the last one you came up was like you're playing uh, a Quinn, mm-hmm. I believe that was one of the Kim. alien race people that they're going to eventually have rules for. It. So it's like, no, you if you're coming to the table going, this is a unique game where everyone gets their niche, everyone gets their little pocket of uniqueness. And uh, well, I think that kind of levels the playing field, right? Because there's well, okay, so there is varying levels of social acceptability, but most of the most of the things you mentioned on Earth mm-hmm. might be a be, problem. It's a problem, like yep. naturally occurring psionic, weird. Okay, weird. quantum kinetic. Okay, basically a fugitive, a, a fugitive sure. on the run. <laughs> Talent is actually the most like grounded no, person. Dude. The grounded the town's the one who has to go to 7-Eleven. Yep. <laughs> and, and actually, if you notice, there's a theme with all these people. They're all so unique. They're all sort of outcast on their own in their own right. Therefore, their 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 ostracization brings them, them together. together. Yeah. Whereas uniqueness can actually, as Ryan put earlier, drive a wedge in the group and it can make for problems well it, 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 it it's a matter of the focus right mm-hmm. you know and, and this is again it all comes back to your gm actually knowing how to juggle that kind of thing and knowing how to properly focus um you know between moving that spotlight around. yeah moving that spotlight because like yes Mr. Half Dragon Yonti Vampire Half guy, Celestial. He's has a very I'm sure there's a very complex story as to why he's here and what's happening, but you still have to let the ranger go be a ranger and do nature. No, for shit. he is the chosen one as foretold in the process. Exactly. Well, unfortunately you get dangerously close to that, mm-hmm. right? When something that weird shows up. It's like, well, you're so weird that you ha- that something has to be special when about you. When the dragon fucked an angel snake. <laughs> I was born. That's why I always, uh, sorry, talking about Amber real quick. That's why I always, Dworkin and Oberon always wig me out a little bit because, like, that's some that's some mythos. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they're, weird. they're, they're real close to the mythos. Yes. Mythology. Like, uh, you screwed a unicorn. Let's not think about the logistics on that one. But it's also like, I'm a shapeshifter, my boy. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to. Can 
I'm gonna go over here now. Have you have you never never done fucked someone as a horse? <laughs> it's great. Now I know how Zeus felt. <laughs> yeah. Um, that tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean and, if, and, if you're and, a shapeshifter, and, whatever, right? So so on the on the concept of like being unique, we're also saying put some meat on those bones. That's really what we're coming down to is when you're playing something unique, your GM's got to put more muscle behind it. You need to put more narrative muscle behind it going, why is he the way he is? And how and, is he going to fit? Or yeah. how are they going to fit? Because it kind of comes back to the idea of like, you know, uh, all these special snowflakes in, in media are their protagonist of their own stories. It's That's not the model for a role-playing game. Mm-hmm. You are a group of protagonists. Oh, man. All Doing who collective ha- All who have a, a relatively equal share of the protagonisting. And that's why I like, I'm going to go back to Buffy and Angel, Angel more specifically, but towards the later seasons, it got, shit got weird. Like, everyone was unique. Angel had his prophecy, he had his kid, you had, uh, you had the half demon, you had a, you had like a, uh, like a mage, and then you had the human who was starting to study magic. You had a whole host, and then you had your demon of the week mm-hmm. sort of showing up. And that, and Whedon, being a very good writer of of um, ensemble cast, which oh, is yeah. what you are in a role-playing game, he knew how to shift the story around to sort of highlight one person over everyone else. And the and the Buffy role-playing game mm-hmm. did that perfect, did that, presented that very well. Whereas, you know, you've got your higher power characters that, you know, have like the pound-for-pound the pound bigger mechanics behind them. But then you had your white hats who didn't have like the big a lot of the big stuff but they had a lot more versatility and they had more drama points that they could use to like help the story help the out. story along and and that all really all comes down to your the feel of what you're trying to get along and also we're also thinking about power balance that's a good thing you brought up because there's also power balance because in a role-playing game unless you have a very mature group it, nobody really likes to be that unbalanced compared to everyone else. Unbalanced parties suck. Like, everyone wants to be relative, very close to about, they feel, and this is very important that I'm saying this, they feel like they are equal to everyone else, even though they may have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, They are not the same. Um, But that's where Buffy kind of got me, rubbed me a little raw, because there was just this hard scale difference between the two, and I was like, uh... "Well, you had to buy into that. If you're gonna, yeah. pl- if you're gonna play Buffy or Angel, you have to buy into the notion that there are there are people who have some demon in them, and thus are more powerful. Mm. But they have they are limited because, well, you are, you're all buying off the same pool of points. It's just their po- the thing their things cost a shit ton more, yeah. so they get fewer of them. Right. Whereas if you're a white hat." You you're can probably you can fuck around. With, yeah, you're yeah. probably relatively normal. Or which means... or you can but you can have a variety of things like a white, being a white hat mage, perfectly like someone with magic in that system. Yep. It's perfect, and magic's fucking cool. It's yeah. you know dangerous, but it's still cool as it should be. Uh, we actually didn't touch on this at all, but like I mean the the first time I ever really heard this through the word snowflake for this thrown around a lot was actually LARPing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so in our in the, in the games that we have played together and and many games um, it's pretty commonplace now. But if you NPC'd for uh, a, six to eight games straight the X up number, you, a certain in, in succession, like de- really dedicated like a year to the just playing the game, you were allowed to come in with a special concept approved by the plot staff. And boy, oh boy. It, it, it can be any. It can go all over the place, yep. really. And like I was a time, I was a time lord, basically. Someone else was a talking turtle. 
Yep. <laughs> Turtle, one guy. <laughs> I, for the longest time, this is this is more specific to us. Is like for the longest time, people would come, do their time for uh, to be a special concept. Never show up again, like ever. Yeah, there's <laughs> a couple back. of there's a couple of people who have like over who are like on their ninth game or something. A few of us like just pick, just, just do, do something. something. They do something. You want to well, play? I mean, in, just... in LARPing, like that, the the whole ensemble cast thing is it's because it's so big already. Yeah. There's room to fit weirder shit. Yeah, you're right, and and the focus is less. It's less the GM putting a spotlight in you, and just this occasionally the light like passes by you for about a split second, well, and then it's gone. Much like uh, you know, in right in LARPing in general, it's like, well, that's on you. Like off time, being cool's on you, man. You can't. You got to role play. Yeah, that. you got to you got to bring that shit to the. Forefront. If you're weird, you got to be like. First of all, if you're a weird monster, you got to look like a weird monster. You know, and, and then you probably got to bring some some chops. Some uh, weird personality traits, something very, you know, weird. And, you got to on-screen yourself, basically. Yeah. Because in a LARP, that, what we were talking about, the protagonistness of the group is spread out even further. Yeah, it's it's less of an ensemble. It's, it's really hard to ensemble. describe. It's, it's, it's not an ensemble because it's not a tight It's a group. militia. It's a militia. <laughs> <laughs> it's an improv militia. We're the improv militia. And we're here. Everybody yes and duck and cover. <laughs> <laughs> pew pew. <laughs> Yes, we need finger gun yeah. guns with our hands. They're doing like a nineteen alternate history, like nineteen early nineteen hundreds LARP going on up in Tennessee that I want to that I want to take a look at. Mm. Looks looks neat. Neat. Is that the the Valkyrie? Yeah. Yeah, I think some people we know are going to go to that. Look, uh, look into that and report back. Um. Yeah, and so let's let's also talk about another aspect of snowflakeness is we we've emphasized a lot about like unique rules, unique powers, and all the. There's also, you can be, and this has sort of been more heavily covered in one of our previous episodes, of hindering yourself to be unique Mm -hmm. can equally be a detriment to the group. And your hair is amazing right now, right? You guys can't see it, but it's like completely, he messed with it, and it's completely like spiked up. Yep. (laughs) He kind of fauxhawked a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have very malleable hair when it gets very long. He had like six inches of height just on his hair. He's peacocking around. He's trying to... (laughs) Threat display. Yeah. Um, display. <laughs> Back off, Matt. Back <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, and so the, my idea is uh, be wary of, of of sort of making yourself so unique so that you can make yourself more tragic or more dramatic, and that can cause problems in the group dynamic and in the narrative, too, because then everyone else has to pay attention to you. And deal with your shit. Deal with your shit when everyone's like, we're willing to deal with some of your shit. That just means being at the table. But we if can't deal with all of this. Not not every day, man. But yeah. if we have to do an entire new arc when we were like real close to like achieving a big goal, and now we have to spend an entire like six games dealing with your stupid bullshit. Yeah. Of like just you existing. And now it's now and, it's, and also that's just you existing. Not the choices you made. Yeah. Just you existing. That's a problem. We have to somehow come to terms with you being, you know. The devil child, yeah, and in, in in our in our you know nineteen twenties Catholicism game, <laughs> um, man, that would be you horrible. know it sounds like we're speaking from abstractions here, but honestly, <laughs> like most of these things land kind of close uh, to home. Uh, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Uh, yeah, that's the, all names I'm the, theme, the names and the game themes have been changed <laughs> to, <laughs> to protect. To protect. And, and and that's and like you said, 
it's okay if everyone's on board. It's not okay if people aren't on board. I remember, and this will be something me and you can talk a lot about in 3.5 D&D, 3.0 and 3.5, is like, okay, I'm putting the game together, guys. I'm like, oh, that's great. Uh, what can we play? Eh, I don't care. Just pick anything nope. out of the book. And then... Bad choice. Don't do they that. Don't have a, <laughs> and they don't, have, they don't have a session zero. If they don't, And everyone's not talking to each other. And so when they come to the table... It's mass hysteria. Well, everyone's, everyone's a level one rogue to start with, you know. Yeah, everyone's doing something unique. We, we got a Thrycreen, we got a Yanti over here, we got ourselves a half celestial over here, we got a half dragon over here. Yeah. It's like, and until, and and until hey, oh, there's you, a drow right there, no one is a human. Honestly, no until other than like the half celestial over there, like you'd be like, well, we've got the makings of a ragtag bunch of evil motherfucker game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Do you want? Yeah, to really yeah. Want to half play? social is the most edgy motherfucker in the entire group. Do you really want to play the evil game? I'm, I'm, I'm like thirty something, man. <laughs> I don't have that shit in me anymore. I've got too much empathy. <laughs> I don't even like hurting imaginary it, people cool. that if much. You want to do the evil game? In my opinion, the right way to do it is you and the PCs have to go. The idea you're not evil to be evil. You think you're the good guys. You think you got to make hard choices and you do the right thing. To everyone else, it will be you are the bad guy. And maybe your character will eventually realize that and do something not bad, but or you'll just keep going down the road and doing interesting things because you deal with very weird choices and very yes. morally gray choices. Yes, the rebels are undermining our society and causing general unrest, but they didn't design our uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put skulls oh, on them. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah. Everyone needs to be in it just it can get cumbersome and this kind of goes just to the good GM etiquette and good good sort of table manners of just talk to each other, make everyone sure like what do we want to play? Well anything's allowed. It's like, are you sure you're have you thought about that? Because there have been some online games where so one of the online games by text I've been doing for Black Crusade, it's actually a multi game play by post game so we have people playing imperials and they're playing from dark heresy and only war and death watch i'm playing in black crusade we're all using different rules and i'm having to go are you sure you want a game where all this is allowed he's doing a good job he actually proved himself but it's like there are it's it's like i was very hesitant because like the rules are very different everyone's at different power levels everything's going to get kind of crazy are you sure this is what you want to do? And everyone's going to try to do unique things. So you have a grip on it. Basically, if you ever need to control a 3.5 game, the the way you land it, and no, I, I mean, I'll never play 3.5 again because fifth is better in basically every conceivable way. Hmm. Um, yep. Come fight me. Uh, but Edition Wars. Uh, yeah, I know. It's uh, like we, you, you get the core book and one of the complete, X books like yeah. complete divine, complete arcane. You get one of those, and that's what you get. Well, that's kind of how Adventures League does it. Like, yeah, you get the they, core book, and then one they, other they, one. Other. They they marshaled that real hard, and I really I'm proud of them. I, I don't like other rules about Adventures League. Um, I still like Adventures League, but I don't really play. I like it, it as a concept. Yeah, but like they were like, yeah, you get that and one other book, and they're like, pick, and they're like pick it, and like, oh, that's kind of a neat way of sort of. It's actually not that hard now for 5th edition because a lot of the stuff is... There's very little in terms of player mechanics that are like... 
off the wall off the wall stuff uh, yeah actually a lot of their books are a lot of fluff now like well, surprising amount well the thing is and we'll talk about this on our fifth edition retrospective yeah. coming up won't be a clip show it won't be a clip show we'll probably have murphy back i don't Yay. know um but yeah they've done most of their s- stuff is you know setting and game and adventures and stuff and very little in the way of PC stuff like they tried to keep it in like very tight, very yeah. small, Xanath- very tight. If Xanathar's Guide to Everything is where you want to go if you want some specific- series PC stuff, extra PC. Yeah, stuff. and and you can go into you know, Tomophones has stuff and the Sword Coast Adventures. Yeah, and a bunch of them have like a little bit of stuff, like a class or well, they'll not have even a co- that, actually. That's they almost none of the books have a new class. Oh yeah, maybe you have a new archetype, and that's big. That's big. That's big news when they put a new right. archetype I up. Mean, the only thing that I could see them adding to fifth ed at this point would be if the snowflakiest snow thing you can possibly be, Scions. They are working on that. I know they're working on Psionics. Uh, they did a they did an early test of the mechanics. It was terrible. <laughs> I think. Currently, the they have something they like to call um Earth Arcana, which is sort of their giant playtest doc that they release to everyone. It's the Snowflakes Guide to Being a Snowflake. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's we're testing out some new mechanics. and not liberal Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kill me! Uh, I want uh, to die now. <laughs> and and so with One Earth Arcana, they want to test out new mechanics and get feedback on them. That's where you go. They just released the next one. I think like this month will be. Artificer, because everyone's been asking for Artificer. Oh, man. So Artificer's on the so docket, good. and I know for a fact, because one of the lead designers has been doing live streaming, his 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 thought process. Is that Jeremy his, Crawford? Um, Mike Merles. Or Mike, Mike Merles. So one of the cool things I will say about, I don't want to talk too much about this, actually, but Jeremy Crawford it on Twitter is a great guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. He answers rules questions. It's awesome. Well, yeah. he's, he's the new DM for Acquisitions Incorporated. Oh, really? For the A-Team game. Awesome. Oh really? Yeah, uh, he's been the past two games. I wanted to plug, and the one last night uh, was they were going through Ravenica and just doing doing oh, weird man. shit. Oh, that's the weirdest shit that they did the oh, crossover so with Magic weird. the Gathering. Yeah, that's yeah. so yeah. weird. Yep, it's like uh, more snowflakes. <laughs> well, Ravnica is good as a setting because it's all it's water deep. Yep. It's just water deep, but with different names on shit well, and like, magic different. <laughs> the way they described it at the pe- at the Aqua Inc. game was it's the Coruscant of D and D. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's it's a world city sort mm-hmm. of thing, yeah, and everything's run by guilds. Everything's like- guild based, and honestly, I kind of want to see the Guild Master's Guide because I want to see how they talk about, like, how do you talk about. D and D magic in the Magic the Gathering setting because, because that's a very very they're different. So paradigm. different, they're just so different. Yeah, and and, and so, it's raw elementalism and stuff <laughs> in, in Magic the Gathering. Uh, also, I think their necromancer necromancy is cooler in Magic the Gathering than in normal D and D. I support I, recycling your friends, everyone. <laughs> recycling your friends. Uh, well, I mean, they've got a book. Yeah, it's yeah. out. It'll um, it'll oh, show you uh, how they do I it. I meant to talk about this in the news, but uh, I just reminded myself. Um, I kind of knew they were doing a PAX book, not just because they said they were hinting at it, but because they had released recently the the first campaign of Critical Role. Mm-hmm. They officially released a campaign book. Oh, that's cool. Uh, based on his worlds. Like, do you want to play in this world that he made for Critical Role? Here you go. Here's the first campaign. Because they're the two the two games are in separate worlds. So would you like to play in this really? style? Really? I thought I thought the second campaign was like in the in the like a couple of generations down I, the line. 
let me let me uh, redact that a little bit. I don't know for sure. That's what I heard. Is that uh, I campaign don't two is set in the in the distant future. In the future of yeah. the campaign one, possibly. Uh, it probably is. I don't know, but I know that they released the actual campaign book for what for season one, basically. for season for, one for, for the Chronicle one. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. but no, I mean, we're far afield. Yeah, they've been they've been hinting at the the Ack Inc. book for literally years. Yeah. Um. But back to Snowflakeness, and because this all kind of relates, because the more things you start settings and you and unique concepts that you bring into the game or things for players uh, to play with the more actually it's kind of the uh, real in a bag it's like a, a, a 3.5 character in the in the game that matt said where it's like yeah just do whatever that's five books i've sat with five books in front of me uh, to make those very very unique weird block of mechanics uh, <laughs> shit you not when i was in college, what character when we were playing D three point three point five our GM would show up to show up to school, and he would have two whole crates of books that he was bringing in that we would run because our our stuff was bananas, and we would constantly look through all the books and go, "What is the best thing we can do? What is the most unique thing we can do?" An hour and a half later, yeah, hour and a half. Part of a character is done. B a b a n a n a s. Yeah, it just keep going. It's like yeah, and that and that's another thing that they've made that D and D has made. Fitted has done a good job, I think, just like Finite Studios did, is if you're like, I want to do X, like, I want to be a special dude with a patron who deals with weapons. Okay, would you like to be a warlock? What's the what's the pack, pack, pack of the sword? Pack of the, pack pack of the, blade. Of the blade. Pack of the blade? Would you like to be pack of the blade warlock? Okay, you can do that. That That is your uniqueness. That's very unique. I mean, they tried to make it so that you can get all the archetypes kind of covering a different way and you can do it however you like and it, it it's it they handle it pretty good i mean the big concern is mostly just like playing against type so hard that it's almost unbelievable right yes we call it playing against packet in the in the buffer alarms because you know every one of the settings had like a you know between 20 and 40 page setting packet with a lot of cultural information in it yeah it's like playing a playing a, from the explicitly matriarchal society uh, like no, I want to play a bunch of dudes who are in charge. Like, yeah, why would like, anyone do that? Why would anyone think that oh, in a game, in a in a setting where literally in a world, in a, in a world where women have all the power, uh, <laughs> that you would be a bunch of dude bros and think you're the good guys and actually turn out to be a bunch of evil assholes, even though you thought you were being good. A good callback. Yeah. <laughs> tried to murder me on the fucking floor of tavern. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I that saw was, that. that. I saw. I, Killed the man with a trident. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for that. But uh, it, it, was I. It's basically looking at this this setting and the care that someone put into like here's the society that you come from for sure, and being like, nah, fuck. Like, if you're gonna do that, why are you from there? You need to be from somewhere. I like the racial bonuses. Like, if we want to do that, we'll just play another game that has a fuck totally you. different mechanics that don't have to worry just about be, that. Yeah, it's like, or in D&D, it's like, just be a fucking human, man. If you want to be, Ooh, if you want to be a weird, broken, like, stat block of a human being with all sorts of weird, weirdness and just, just you be You want to have human. all the stats? Uh, play human fighter. You want to be, because actually, surprisingly enough, another thing that, that 3.0 did very well and that legacy has carried is like, humans, they're actually quite unique and like, they're, they have their own special sauce. Because they have their own special sauce, more people started playing them. Like, I remember back when we used to play second ed, like, 
D and D. It's like humans are trash. No, nobody played a human because they don't get any racial modifiers. They were just people. It's like, why would I want to play that uh, when I can play an elf or a dwarf or something that A is not a human? Friend dwarf. <laughs> so I'm thinking for when I eventually do run Acquisitions Incorporated D and D, that because it's inherently an office comedy and like a comedy, uh, uh, that I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take take the limiters off, like be whatever absurd fucking thing you want because it's it's designed to be funny. Like I'm, this is going. You're, these are going to be foibles and weird interactions, and it's not going to be necessarily all about the dungeon crawling. It's about going to be about the strange interactions that we Noted. have in this weird society. Noted. Because fifth ed is the way it is, though. Like they've put like the fucking they have put the brakes on on weird races as Snowflakeism. Well, it used to be that they they had released they released sources in um third ed that basically let you turn anything in the monster manual into a playable race and Oof. that caused a no lot. end of headache yes it caused Zero a lot of into headache like would you like to play a pc uh illithid yeah <sighs> that's a cr7 you got some that was time. more than that that was it was something was stupid it was stupid like and then how fourth... could you do that yeah they... ask that question how they're they're bad they're just bad. Yeah, yeah. You're right. They're and then they get levels special. of wizard and and scion. I'm and sociopathic mind I'm, no, touchy guys. No, you're not. You're not really walking with me on my journey here, Scott. I'm a good one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm a dritzathid. I see. I see all of you as one fourth of people. Um, yes, you're much better. Uh, that so that's that's also a good example of snowflakeness in in actual like novels. Drist, Drist Yerdin. Now, it's not a bad story. It's just become sort of the hallmark of snowflakeness. It's he's like, the one good one. He's the one actually good drow. There's an entire se- several series of books based around him and his adventures. And it's like, he's actually not that interesting of a person. He's like, mostly just sad. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> if you want to get down to it, he is stern and sad and, sad and occasionally like 2% playful. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is like, that's he it. He really wants to fuck that. Cat. He wants to fuck the shit out of that cat. And, and, and his, and actually, his cat, <laughs> and his, and his side characters are more interesting than him. They have more interesting internal lives than he does because they're 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 like normal people. And if, if someone wants to again come at me about our, my opinions on this, I have read twenty five of those books. <laughs> Please come talk to me about how I don't know that character. And, and so it's okay again. It's okay Ooh. to play something unique, but you got to bring your creative chops and really think about what you're doing and why you're doing. Also, it. if you're a weird like, also one of the most important funny things you can do to make it like better if you're a weird type of character, like even if you're a weird race, if you have some weirdness about you that makes it, it that everyone agree on, it's like. Make the weirdness and the funny part you trying to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> like, just not quite. Un- it's like always- Octodad. Yeah. You, you just. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not quite. Un- but, you know, don't be disruptive about it. But, I mean, even uh, even in our Dragon Heist game, it's like my character is, was, has the hermit background. He was a monast- um, He had a monastic raising. And he had only been in the city for a very short time before he was sent to prison for. Well, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I kind of figured out what it was, but don't worry about it. So he's only ever known like a monastery, the woods for a week, and then the prison. So, he's then had he a very was, structured life. He, he doesn't a, understand. Yeah, well, he doesn't know things like 
when you're just when you're in an extended conversation with someone, it is impolite to just sit down somewhere wherever. Like he doesn't understand that. He doesn't like so every once in a while we would literally be talking to the black staff uh, in you know in Waterdeep and because the conversation had gone mm-hmm. a little long he just sat down in the on the floor on and the crossed floor. not in a chair no just not- crossed his legs and sat down he's was like so- oh okay that's what you do yeah he's like no and no one said anything to him so it's like it just does it yeah and and so be a unique character yeah not a unique race or stat block or a class be. Bring some, bring some flavor. And I'm a human. So yeah, he's I mean, a normal dude. I'm just a human. I've got uh, our two, our ultra, the most unique person we have in the group is Linda, and she's a a, a, a dragonborn bard, which is the, the class race combination alone. That's the thing. Like, in you can do like just do the the thi- do some base book shit. Just do the non like first thing that jumps to mind archetype or skill set. The non synergistic thing. Just do the non synergistic thing. Exactly. Just uh, actually, there's a tiny amount of synergy between a dragonborn and bard because they get a bonus to their charisma. Don't uh, don't do the perfectly optimized thing. Right. Or yeah, exactly. But everyone's thinks. What do you think dragonborns are? They're fighters, paladins. Big bruiser guys, like because they're naturally strong. Yeah, and that's the end of the list. And then she's like, "I'll be a, I'll be a bard." Bring, like, bring, uh, and like that's actually not that bad of an idea, and it works, and everything's fine. Murphy is awesome because she's a tiefling warlock. The most literally, like, if you hear what they, what each one were built to do for each other. But she's a celestial pact, <laughs> and she's literally like she believes in authority. She's a good person and yeah. is really doesn't like committing crime. Like right. she's a ba- she, she's a she, very she nice person. She went to prison for a long time to trying to do a good thing. She did a very good thing for a very for a, a being and took the fall for it. And now she's just trying to be a good dude in this crazy world. She just happens to have hand beams from her celestial benefactor <laughs> and can heal people. So, and, I'm, and I'm a dwarf who should be the most lawful, straight up and down character you can come I will lie like the day's law. He is a shistiness elemental. I swear. You can't even have like a straightforward conversation with him without feeling like he's lying to you. It's lying re- to you, trying to trying to pick your pocket, trying really to good. get a get an edge in somewhere. Which is really good because that's not usually Matt's style, and he doesn't actually given some of our previous role-playing experiences together for many years as Gordon Sumner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't think you did shisty well. <laughs> but no, in this one you do. <laughs> yeah, well, I get some stats to back it up because he's kind of a, but I am kind of typical because he's a leg breaker. That, that's that he's a leg breaker rogue, which means he 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 does a specific job and he does it very well because rogues are really good at figuring out the job that they do and do it very well. But regardless, you can be unique without a lot of extraneous mechanics or a lot of extraneous story. Um, and this is what kind of a thought I want to end on is I've noticed a lot of things, especially in three, I five and oh, from the fan AVC flight sort of, uh, 40k stuff to the new wrath and glory and the new fifth edition mechanics are getting shrunk. They're tightening up all of the big things. Unless you're not playing everything, Aeon. Needs, not everything needs to be like completely right. Re- like three paragraphs of mechanics for one thing. You only need like two sentences and you're done, and move the system a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of that comes from, yeah, it's like, just be like, the rules is written, say it works, it works, it's good. Yeah, yeah move on. It's just because there's a lot more control that the GM should actually have. But 
Again, consult as always. Consult, consult your, your uh, GM if if something if 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 Snowflake lasts more than four hours. Have have, have a good. Uh, I mean, anytime there's something that's really way off book, it's obviously go back go go listen to our entire thing about table dynamics. Go yeah. just go do that. Yeah. There you go. I don't remember what episode it was. It was a long time ago. I'll, I'll link it. Don't worry. I'll link in the description. I'll link probably most of the episodes we've mentioned in the description. Go back and listen to them. They're still very pertinent and very good. Uh, it's just. Being a snowflake can be can be rewarding, but you're gonna there's a lot that needs to be done on everyone's end to do it right. So sometimes as a snowflake, what you have to learn to accept is that most of the if if your if your storyteller is cool, you can be a snowflake, and you're just a guy, and you ha- you don't get the spotlight, you don't get the spotlight, you don't until it's like the time. Yep, and then. It's really, really, really intensely about you in a very, very meaningful, intimate ho- way, or horrifying. You know, whatever, whatever your snowflakeness is, and then, it, and then, when all that's done, it's time to go back to being a regular guy who's just a little, little weird sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, actually, what made me feel very unique, and this will go right in, segue perfectly into patron content here in a second, is last night when we were playing Dragon Heist. I'm playing a dwarf. Nothing about Dragon Heist up to this point has dealt. With dwarf stuff at all, my character and I, Matthew, has read a lot of stuff about dwarf stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is not, this is all background flavor stuff, some good stuff. Spoilers on the adventure, by the way. Yeah, by the way, uh, I won't give great detail, but a little bit of a spoiler of some dwarf stuff happened. Some dwarf, some serious dwarf stuff happened. I did like, not. I was it caught me by surprise. I was like, like I was. Are unexpe- you kidding me? This is a whole dwarf thing. Yeah, it's a whole big dwarf thing. And he found a secret door, and I was like, he couldn't open it, and I just went boop. Because it specifically says in that book, door cannot be opened by anyone other than basically a dwarf or someone who's polymorphed into a dwarf. Just straight up and down. We're like, really? That made me feel amazing. And very little actually had to be happened because that's... Oh, we got some fat-ass loot from that door, too. (laughs) Yeah, we did. It was Um, some good loot. I have some some great, great stories to tell about that. But anyways... We're pretty much done with the snowflake conversation. We almost started rambling about snowflakes. Yeah, <laughs> actual snowflakes, because I think Scott saw one on the way in. Today. Yeah, they were, they they showed up. Yeah, actual uh, from the sky. Oh God, not the sky. But anyways, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivisMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. Do you want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys.